And now we're going to start to talk about the influx of time loops in narratives. everybody and welcome back to Nemo Info, a podcast exploring the worlds of movies, video games and TV shows. I'm your host Nate and today I'm joined by guest hosts James and Fergus. Uh, it's been another week, Ugh, so many good things have happened, so many times I've almost thrown up but we'll get into that in a second. Uh, how, how have you guys been this week? Yeah, I've been enjoying the delights of Covid over the last couple of weeks, uh, finally, finally caught that. Apart from that, it's been uh, it's been great. I uh, I uh, I presume like you've you've only, you've you, it's been mild for you, hasn't it? Oh, it's been it's been extremely mild. Uh, yeah, I've got nothing to complain about at all. It was mildest illness I've ever had. But I'll caution that that's just my that's just my personal experience after you know all the vaccines. I was gonna say yeah, fuck you, because I had all the vaccines and I was in bed for f- almost four fucking days. I hate your goddamn immune system. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how are you, South Vegas? Uh, I've just been sat here playing visual novels, uh, Steinsgate, to be to be accurate. Uh, we will get to that later in the show, I imagine. Oh, so you've been uh, sort of like doing some research before the podcast, then? Yes, amongst other things. <laughs> amongst other things. It's a long story. I mean, fair enough. Fair enough. We will we will not divulge into that further, then. But yes, people, it has been another week. And, uh, you know, last week we dived into where certain game IPs could go to reinvent themselves, you know, giving each other and all of you out there an insight to what we do with them. You know, we had Chaz and his take on Fable, Fergus taking us into the land of Elder Scrolls and the city builder game he'd created. And honestly, Fergus, that was, I did not see that one coming. That was actually quite good, to be honest. Like, yeah. It'd be fun. It would be fun. Yeah. And uh, myself with the uh, Vampiric IB Castlevania, IP, sorry, Castlevania, and what open world game I'd create with that. But before we dive into the topics and the news, I gotta tell you, right? I went to go watch Jackass last night. Uh, Jackass Forever. Jesus. To think that that is over tw- that IP is over twenty years old now, and like I almost I did almost throw up last night. The film was you could definitely tell with this film that they're older now, and it look and it, the film definitely looks like it's passing the torch to like new people. In, 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 in the Jackass universe, essentially, how you could put it. Um, and some of the stunts they do is just hilarious, but also, yeah, just... Ugh. One person gets hit in the ball so much in this film. Like, I'm hoping he got paid, like, for every ball shot he had, he just got paid extra money on top, because there must be mush by now. Jesus Christ, it was just... Pa- it looked painful as hell, Jesus. But yeah, no, um, and yeah, that was, that was pretty much there. Also, I... I've attempted uh, Dying Light. I've been playing a bit of Dying Light 2. Uh, I've also st- tried to start playing Sifu, which is fucking difficult. Like, people are blitzing through that game, and I'm like... I mean, James, you'll think about getting it, right? Yeah, I mean, it's so difficult. I've not even purchased it yet. I mean, yeah, come on. The purchasing must be absolutely terrible, you know. It's, you know, got to press the right uh, control combinations to get that purchased. Uh, definitely check it out next week, people, for a um, more probably more of an in-depth discussion of Dying Light 2 and Seafood, the more I play at that. But yes, people, we are now going to get into the news of the week before our main topic. So, our first news item of the lit week. Tom Holland, Mr. Spider-Man himself, wants to make a Jack and Daxter movie and play Jack. I mean, interesting, to say the least. 
But the weird thing is, he, he says he wants to make it with A24, which are very... He, he There's a quote saying, I would make it at A24, so it would be really weird and re really dark. And it's like, you know, and obviously A24 is known for Hereditary, Midsommar, you know. I think, I think they did The Green Knight as well recently with Dev Patel. And... Yeah, he wants. To, he would like to make a really weird live action version of Jack and Daxter. That would be kind of fucked up. Excuse my ignorance, but is, what is Jack and Daxter? Is it a game? Old school game, is it? Yes, yeah. So it was, a, it was a game that came out on, I believe, the PlayStation Two, and then it was like released back in the early two thousands. It's like um, it's like a, is it like a platformer? If I'm correct, um, I I haven't fully played it myself. I I just know of Jack and Daxter, and I wasn't ever really into those games. But it's it's interesting to you know he's hopping from <laughs> hopping from uh, Uncharted to you know this series that he he'd like to do. It's not confirmed he's going to do it, but it's just something he'd like to do. Seems to be up for uh, a lot of game franchises. Then are they doing Luigi in the new Mario film? I mean, yes. Oh, okay. So that's, that that's also taken. Charlie Day is playing Luigi. Oh, it's voicing Luigi. Uh, so that'd be uh, that'd be interesting to say the least. And obviously, you know, the whole. Uh, to be fair, a lot of people love the um, the casting for that movie. Chris Pratt is the only casting decision. But I'm like, have you seen the Lego movie? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like, he isn't bad in that film. And also, he's already said he's not going to do his typical, like, Chris Pratt voice. He's going to do, like, a... He's been working on the Mario voice. Getting into that, you know, it'd be, be interesting to see what he does with that. But yes. Maybe we should do a, maybe we should do a future topic. What other video game films should Tom Holland be in? <laughs> I mean, technically, that could cut time to next week's, but we'll get into that topic a little bit later. Next, people, though. So today, just before this podcast, they showed the first footage, well, first in-game engine footage, I believe it was for the Unreal Engine, for The Wolf Among Us 2. Have you guys played The Wolf Among Us? Oh, I have. I like I it. It's good. Not, no. Mate, get on it. It is so good. Like, yeah. brilliant. It's basically based on the Fables uh, graphic uh, comic book series where... It takes like fairy tale characters but puts them in the real world. So like it follows the uh, fo one of the main characters, uh, Bigsby or the Big Bad Wolf. He um he's like the sheriff of like this uh, community, and uh, there's like tons of different characters. But they in the trailer, I don't know if you mind me talk about the trailer that they, they just had. I've already seen it. Okay, yeah. So basically, in the trailer, people they um it seems that Bigsby and Snow White are at odds now, which is pretty interesting. But also they had like. The Wizard of Oz characters, like the Tin Man and this, the Scarecrow looks like he's getting high and like smoking some shit. And like Dorothy, I don't know what the fuck that with Dorothy. She looks like she's going to be quite manipulative in it. Could be a, you know, complete, basically in that game, do not expect the expected. It goes in directions you should not, not where near, you know, expect. I said expect too many times there. But yeah. So uh, I like the fact that they've come back and they've said like, you know, they're, it's coming out in 2023. They're taking the time. They're working on it. It is going to be episodic again. And it just looked great. It, it was it was nice to see that. It, it's nice to see they're also not changing the art style. But you could see you could see that it is more fluid. Because the first one, you could tell when you play it that it, had, it was running off with like a specific engine and it moved a certain way in the animation. But this one, you could definitely tell it's a different engine. But it, I like the fact that the art style has remained, essentially. So yeah, what did you think about the trailer, James? Yeah, I mean, I was a big fan of the first game. Uh, I've quite enjoyed Tell. Wolf Among Us original was the property that got me into Telltale's games. So I've been looking forward to Wolf Among Us for probably equally as long as you have, Nate. Uh, second one, so I'm looking forward to that big time. I mean, for me, the Wolf. I mean, the Wolf Among Us was my third title I played. I think it was um, Walking Dead season one, which I still think is amazing. I never completed it. Oh yeah, I so good. It, but I never completed it. 
highly recommend going back and playing it, dude. It's so good. I, 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 I decreasingly play them afterwards. I might go back and replay them one day. Maybe, maybe we'll play them again and just do a, a, a retro review or something. Mm. The Batman. I love the Batman game. I love the Batman game as well. Batman Telltale. Really, really, really interesting. Really interesting takes on the Batman characters. Yeah. No, I definitely like. I'm hoping like. Because obviously we've got The Batman coming out in just under a month now, which is going to be insane. Because I saw an, I saw a new teaser for that today, and there's a shot in that trailer which just looked mesmerizing, in my opinion. Anyway, I know I won't speak of any more of that because James has only seen one trailer. I'll give myself a spoiler for this possible. Oh, the, so no, this, this, is a, this, is a, this is a cinematic shot that I just saw. It doesn't really spoil yeah, anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. And then, yeah, the, just about, I'm hoping that this film, like, I've heard it's going to be the most controversial Batman movie, which I'm actually really looking forward to. And I'm hoping, like, thinking about the Telltale Batman games, it actually takes upon that as well. So, yeah, that's The Wolf Among Us, people. As I said, literally, it came out just before this podcast, and uh, I thought it looked brilliant. It was it was a nice, like, 15, 20-minute video. I talked to the devs and the voice actors, which was really cool, with uh, Jeff, Keighley, Jeff Keighley. The next one is Rings of Power. Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power is releasing their first teaser trailer at the Super Bowl this weekend, I believe, or, or next week. Uh, basically, I don't know what the hell they're going to show because... Going straight in with your first trailer as a Super Bowl trailer is... Uh, that is a baller move. <laughs> baller indeed. Baller. Uh, uh, fun, yeah. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah. yeah, so obviously they really... I don't know if you guys saw the teaser posters that they released. So basically, yeah, yeah um, I think, like, I did look at one of those posters and I did think, oh, that's Sauron. But then I re I thought and I was like, oh, no, that's not Sauron. That's the King of Numenor. Mm. Uh, it is Numenor, right? Um, the Ring Reef, uh, the, the, the Witch King, um, Agma, Agnar. My Lord yeah. of the Rings knowledge is not up to scratch compared to my Star Wars and my Marvel and DC knowledge. But I, I'm just I'm really looking forward to seeing how it plays out because the fact it is the second age, it's just going to be insane, in my opinion. And I'm wondering if they'll literally curtail it to the end of the first, the beginning of the first, the Fellowship of the Ring, just as the Fellowship of the Ring starts. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if how, if how that's how the show will end. And they'll reshoot some of the shots from that and then just merge it, essentially, create this one epic narrative, which would be pretty interesting. Uh, it's just good that they're covering uh, new territory in the Lord of the Rings world. It's, it would be a shame if they were basically remade the original three films, essentially, as a TV series. If they try and knit it into the already existing films, that would be great. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. And our final topic for the evening, which we can't really cover much because it comes out after we're recording this, just just after recording this episode, but Nintendo are doing their first Nintendo Direct of 2022 with over 40 minutes of footage from the first half of 2022, I want to say. It's not the second half, so... But I bet at the end, I bet at the end that they're going to do a Breath of the World 2 teaser because... I imagine so, yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm wondering what games they're gonna announce. I'm wondering. If, I'm wondering if there'll be some games that they're, they're just gonna drop. I know there was a rumor. There was a rumor that they're gonna be releasing the um the Arkham series on the Switch, which would be pretty interesting. Mm. We're talking like the original Arkham trilogy. Games. Yeah. 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 Um, it'll be really interesting to see. To be honest, I wonder if I wonder if they'll do um Arkham Origins as well. Maybe not just the trilogy, but the four games. I I loved Arkham Origins. I d- I did like Arkham Origins. It might be it might be something controversial, but it, that is my favorite of the Arkham games. Because I wow. thought the story, I, I thought the story was the best in, in Arkham Origins. So I did, but I think at a point they they kind of it was it felt like they had to. 
they had to go back to certain characters, which did kind of annoy me a little bit. Because I liked that I liked how they were they were interpreting some of the villains. I thought it was really cool. I thought the Deathstroke element and or the whole hunting element was brilliant. Yeah. Um, but I think also I love the fact that I think we can talk about spoilers, right? That game is old enough now. Yeah. Yeah. So in the uh, statue for that game, uh, they had a hidden compartment, which oh. a lot of people didn't realize until after the game came out, which actually spoiled the game. So oh. the black black mask, obviously spoilers, people spoilers for the Arkham Arkham Origins game come back in like 20, 30 seconds. Basic well, spoilers now. So Black Mask is the Joker. Dun, That's dun, dun. yeah, exactly. And in the in the statue, there's a head replacement of the Joker and Black Mask, which I thought was hilarious. That's really clever. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so spoilers end. Spoilers end, people. You could come back now. You know they'll probably come back in. So no more spoilers, people. But yeah, that that did kind of frustrate me a little bit because I was kind of hoping that the joke that the character or whatever the joker would be a teaser at the end i won't talk about the other stuff because that is the spoiler so yeah anyway there's rumors that that's going to happen so that'd be pretty interesting to be honest i'm hoping that is the case uh, i'm wondering what other series i'm wondering if they might announce like a new um so they obviously they remastered skyward sword or they remade skyward sword hmm. i wonder if they'll announce like maybe like ocarina of time like i wonder if that will be announced possibly but we will see at 10 p.m i will definitely tucking into my pizza after this and uh definitely enjoying that indeed so people that is it we have done the news we have done the news but we are now going to go into our main topic of the week and so we are going to take it over we're going to give it over to james now and james is actually going to be leading this podcast now and i'm going to take a back seat and let him become the main host for the show james Take over those main host responsibilities. Take it away, James. Yep. So we're going to be talking about the recent influx of time loops in narratives. So I don't know if anybody else has noticed this, but especially over the last couple of years, there's been a ton of games uh, featuring the time loop narrative. There's even been a few films as well. And there's a part of me which feels like it's a bit of a reflection with the pandemic which we've been in for the last couple of years, even if it's not an intentional thing. The time that we are doing. Uh, a lot of these time loop narratives being written during this period of deja vu, that it is still very reflective of that period in time. And I just find it very interesting. Yeah, I, uh, the the past two years has definitely changed people's relationship with time. I know it has for me, like um, losing entire months at a time. Suddenly it's not winter anymore. I haven't been outside for three months. I don't know what's going on. Like... <laughs> I, I can understand why people have, have got a fascination with this subject um, because, say, you you need quite a lot to, of like landmarks in like your day or your week or whatever to, for you to actually understand the passage of time. I feel anyway, like if you're in the same room all day every day and it's dark, you have no idea what time it is what day it is what year it is so uh, yeah it would it would make sense that time loop narratives have been of interest to people uh, making and consuming um probably expect a lot more time loops to come because you know people have been writing their novel or screenplay during lockdown <laughs> i mean i mean the peacekeeper tv show came out because of lockdown like james gunn finished he was edit i think he was editing suicide squad and he just he just wrote the Peacekeeper TV show, and he was like to HBO or to Warner Brothers, uh, do you want do you want to do this? And they were like, 
sure. So now he's almost like, we're almost like coming to the final episode of the Peace, well, America is coming to the final episode of the Peacemaker TV show. Hopefully we'll be able to see it eventually over here. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, but yeah. Um, yeah. Um, it might also be in terms of production for TV shows and stuff. The fact we can't travel at the moment somewhat limits milder budgets shows right so if you if your narrative is one small village and you literally go over the same period of time you don't have to do oh and suddenly they were in new york i mean yes and no to a degree because i think um maybe like before certain technologies we've got now so the volume i'm thinking of mainly because well you know you mcgregor came out and said like when he filmed the prequels it was just all blue and green and he was just acting against that but now he's using the volume technology which obviously using the mandalorian and other stuff that's come out since then and i think that's def- definitely probably helped uh film filming in in the world today and i definitely think like with with the with the pandemic and how it's gone we're definitely getting a lot more content now but we're going to start seeing a lot more content come out and that's probably why we're seeing like you know, all these games and TV shows and films coming out so quickly. Because, like, I said, our reviews for some of the games coming out are going to be insane. Like, I've, I've got... My, my wallet is going to be crying this month. Like, I've I bought Sifu. I've bought um, Dying Light 2. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West comes out in a, in a week and a half. Uh, we've got Jackass the film. We've got The Batman. We, we've got so much stuff coming out. And I think we're coming out of the time loop essentially of like just as you said the repeated days of just not doing a lot and just doing the same thing day in and day out and i think it'll be interesting to come back in like maybe 10 years and see where like look back at all these this stuff that's come out all these games that have come out and think like a 10 years time when maybe we're not in this anymore hopefully god by then that how our lives were at that point it'd be really interesting to see to be honest yeah absolutely Mm, i don't think people would believe us if we told them Back in my day, I watched seven hundred <laughs> hours of Netflix. <laughs> God, I, I do I do not want to see the statistics on certain shows I watched. Well, yeah, uh, we can. What we're going to do now is to have a uh, discussion on our favourite uh, time loops in in media because there's such a lot of them to go for. Uh, so I think what I'm going to do actually, just for interest's sake, is just to talk about when when the uh, time loop narrative actually began. And that was in 1965 with a Japanese fiction novel, science fiction novel entitled "For Girl Who Leapt Through Time." It was quite a long gap between kind of like time loops, but obviously the Groundhog Day was the next one, which um, which it wasn't the next one which used time loop narrative, but it was the next one which I, I feel really brought that narrative device to the um, modern. Uh, well, we know most people associate time loop uh, device probably with Groundhog Day these days, I would imagine. Uh, well, potentially are people of our age, anyways. Maybe it's a bit old now for some of the younger generation. But definitely post 2000s, there's been a massive influx. And even in the last um, five, five years or so, five, ten years, has been a big increase in the uh, time loop narrative. So, stuff I want to talk about, uh, feel free to talk about your stuff as well. But stuff I wouldn't mind talking about is. Kind of like uh, recent games and films which we've had in the last like two or three years. So I'm going to go with the films. I'm sure we've got a lot of games. So I'm going to start with, um, you know what? I'm going to start with a film which is also kind of a game in terms of its time loop narrative. It's, it's designed to play out like a game, and it's a, and it's a film called Boss Level. I have heard about this. That it's uh, it's Frank Gullett. Yes, yeah, and uh, Mel Gibson. Yeah, I, I've I've seen advertised. 
and it's on my list and i i can't, people have yeah. been telling me to watch it I think, yeah i i generally enjoyed it i mean it's obviously in a, in a way it's one of those bit of dumb fun kind of like action films but actually goes into i think it goes into quite an interesting unexpected direction at some at, at a certain point in the film which i will not spoil just say i have not seen this film and have absolutely no idea what happens in it yeah i'm not gonna spoil anything but no it's good it definitely uh plays with the tropes of a computer game especially at the start because it's basically so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna spoil anything but it's cool it's called boss level that's a pretty gamey title in the first place mm. So I definitely recommend it if you're a fan of the time loop narrative and films. How about you guys? Are there any films or TV before I look back before I loop back to any of my other suggestions? Uh well, I will just say that the uh anime film for the girl who leapt through time is very much ten out of ten must watch. It's been a very long time since I've seen it, so I can't, don't remember a huge amount about it, but it is up there with other like great anime films. So go watch that for sure. Which one was that again? The Girl Who Leapt Through Time. Oh, okay, the, right. An, an anime version of the uh, yeah, science, original science fiction film. 2010-ish, mm. there was a movie, I think. 20, uh, 2006. Mm. I've actually nice. just okay. Googled it myself. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so it is a uh, it is classed as a loose sequel. Mm. How about you, Nathan? Have been any um, interesting time loops? I mean, if we're going like into our favourite time loops, I mean, the biggest one for me, which... You know, we have we have a Discord group where we like, you know, we like to get our notes and everything ready. And James has lovingly provided us, you know, a, a list of films and games that have this. There's one film there that so series, film series, might I say, that isn't there, which could be classed as a time loop in itself. And that's the Terminator franchise. Oh, uh, as, as a franchise, yeah, I didn't think about that. What rather than a time loop being in each individual? Um... Well, the, the 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 first film. I'll be honest, I've only seen the second. Wow. Okay. I mean, like, what? Oh my god. Oh, James, you've only seen the yep. second movie. I highly, re- I mean, Fergus has no I doubt have seen, seen all the first of them. Film. I think now, yes, there is a lot of time travel in that franchise. Um, yeah, I'm afraid my interest in that franchise terminated with the second film, which I enjoyed, but I, but and I just wanted to make that pun. <laughs> I mean, like to be honest with you, the first I definitely watched the first Terminator. Uh, film. Some people would argue that the second Terminator film is the greatest love story ever told. <laughs> I'm trying to think. How I, I don't again? Know. I don't know. It's something I picked up along the way. <laughs> I just, yeah. I mean, so I will. Uh, well, to be fair, you know, I mean, that film obviously visual effects spectacle. But for me, it's I actually do love the first Terminator movie because the first one is a is a horror. It's it's a it's a, it's, a, it's a thriller. Like you know, it's it's basically these two people getting hunted by a machine but you don't know he's a, it's a machine well you know it's like a cybernetic you know organ or creature whatever it's described like that but you don't fully know it is that until near the end pretty much or like and it gets quite grotesque at some points and it's quite quite fucking violent compared to the second one it's a lot more i feel it's a lot more violent in the first one than the second one and i don't know if you care about spoilers james or as people no so basically uh yeah spoilers uh, for a film that came out like 1984 i want to say 1987 uh so the first terminator film obviously stars uh stars uh linda hamilton uh michael bean and uh, arnold schwarzenegger uh michael bean playing carl uh reese and uh linda hamilton sarah sarah connor obviously the father of john connor so my love of that film is the fact that throughout the entire film uh it flashes to the future of the events that you know after judgment day and skynet skynet is winning but now humanity has fought back and they're going to send someone back 
And now you know that Kyle, you know that Kyle is eventually going to be the dad of like John Connor, pretty much. You pretty much know this the entire time. It's a, it is a, lo- it is a love story as well, because in the future, uh, Kyle has this photograph of Sarah Connor that was taken when she was younger, and he's in love with this picture, which is a little bit weird. Uh, but and then it goes through this entire film, and then at the end of the film, they 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 do the deed. Uh, before obviously he dies at the end in this really awesome sequence. Not him dying is the sequence, but the Terminator dying is the best part. Anyway, at the end of the film, uh, she's in Mexico, and or she's going drive near Mexico. She's driving in like the areas of America near the border, and this little kid takes a picture on a Polaroid and gives her the picture and asks you know for a bit of cash and she pays for it and when you see the picture it's the same picture that he was carrying in the future so it's literally a closed loop essentially like you know that that film could have been a closed loop in itself you you would have never had to see terminate 2 i'm glad we did but um i do love the fact that that came out and i do love the fact that that was a time loop in itself and i do like how the other films went like i did like salvation like terminate salvation don't get me wrong, it's not amazing. But the thing I like about that film is it tried to be different. They had like eel terminators and motorcycle terminators and big fucking kaiju terminators and uh and just I liked the fact that that film had like this different tech of cyborgs and but yeah, Terminator for me, I think that franchise has so much life left in it, but it needs it needs a new direction in my opinion. I've always had this dream of like kind of like directing a Terminator film a film but you do not know it's a Terminator film until the end of the movie. So it's like the first film where these people have been hunted and then you fit it's like it's mass murder, like a Michael Myers situation or Jason or whatever. But you only find out at the end of the movie that it's actually a Terminator the entire time. Cause you, it's just, cause obviously Michael Myers, everyone, they're these unkillable machines. But what if it turns out it's actually a machine people? So yeah, that, that's a, uh, that's my film. That's my go-to time loop yes. film. Yeah, and I think we'll move on to games because that's also been very been a massive influx of those in recent years. We've got Al Wilds, Deathloop, 12 Minutes, Sci-Fi, Returnal, My COVID, that's coming back apparently. So yeah, I mean, obviously I talk, we talked about this um, in the first podcast, but uh, Deathloop I thought was fantastic in terms of um, time loops. I thought it was very inventive. Again, I know what we know what this is, but it's a game where you play as an, as a, as an assassin and... Another player can also jump into your games as another assassin trying to hunt you down. And that's a cycle which plays through every day, but it also plays as a bit of a detective kind of uh, game where you are slowly piecing together uh, day by day bits about the world in order to work out how to uh, complete your objective, which is to assassinate some people in a single day, trying to get them into like it orchestrate scenarios where you can work out where they are at a particular point in, in particular days and a bit of a puzzle to work out how to do it. And it's um, really, really good. It's a really inventive way of doing the time loop, I felt, in terms of a, in terms of a game. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's my suggestion for video game time loops. How about you, uh, Fergus? Um, bring it all the way back to Majora's Mask, I think, with uh, video game time loops. Um, I never... I never managed to break the time loop myself in that game. I, <laughs> I found it very frustrating, but um, has definitely stuck with me as a, an experience. Um, I'm sure it has a, a lot of people. I mean, for me, um, I think you are right, James. Like, uh, Deathloop is a brilliant game. I thought it was amazing. I was a bit disappointed I, by the I ending, if I'm honest. Well. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think, like, 
they could have they could have like it felt like that game it just it wanted you mm. to continue playing it which sometimes it's good to just have a game that just finishes you don't you don't have yeah, to I felt continue. like there were so many uh, hints to the outer well not really spoilers but, but I felt there was a lot of hints in the game to like some kind of like uh, apocalypse or some kind of um, bad events kind of like outside of which kind of necessitates them being in a time loop uh, and, I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I and I and I I was expecting that to be a big kind of like the extent of that to be like a reveal um, to find out exactly what was going on in the outside world and it just doesn't do that it doesn't explain anything and I, that disappointed me. I, I would have kind of liked to and like an early style M Night Shyamalan twist. Yeah. I thought that would be really fun uh, at the end. But I think like for the main game itself, when it comes to that, I thought the game was amazing for the fact that the audio in that game, like the, just the voice service, like the voice acting was su- superb. Like they, well, we discussed it in a previous podcast. You very rarely ever hear the same dialogue twice. Very rarely. And just the fact that you have to join these time loops, these day loops. And also you could t- figure out the time of day to come back in. Just to figure out to kill people, I just thought it was brilliant. And yeah, I've, I just thought it was a great game. For video games though, James, would you would you count roguelikes as time loop games? To I mean, no. They, they use they use, well, they, they use similar mecha- mechanic. And I think that's probably why... I think roguelikes show why the time loop works really well in a game environment as a narrative device. But I wouldn't necessarily call a rogue. I wouldn't say roguelike is necessarily a time loop. I mean, for instance, Hades is, is probably the best narrative, best side, best roguelike that I've played. But I wouldn't call it a time loop because we're still at a forward momentum in terms of uh, in, in terms of time. You're not going back in time. You're still going forwards in time, but you're just playing the same levels again. So the thing is, though, right? Like games like Sifu as recently come out because obviously in that game it is a roguelike game that you you know you die if, if you eventually get too old you die you have to restart again so for, or you can just die and start again and start at tw- age 20 but basically each time you die you gain age so it is you, you gain time you, you're losing time and you can reset that by going back and you lose most of your points so it is roguelike in that sense but yeah that particular game from your description does sound time looping because you're going back in, you're you're going back in time. But if your stuff like Hades, for instance, wouldn't be because you've got four momentum in the story, you're not going back in time per se. So, but yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd say secrets. So yeah, I mean, like one game I need to play is the Forgotten City. So if I remember, if I if I read it correctly, it was originally like a Skyrim mod. I might have to, uh, I might have to. I'm, I'm going to meet myself. If you want to continue, James, I'm just going to search this quickly. Okay, cool. So. The other game that I'm going to pop up for a, a fantastic time loop game in recent years, probably about, about three years old now, I think, is Outer Wilds. So I never completed the Outer Wilds. I still haven't completed that, but I did play quite a lot of it. But again, another very inventive use of a time loop. And another one where they use some time loop uh, narrative alongside investigation and kind of like kind of detective. As you're trying to, each time... With each time loop, you learn more about the world, and you learn more about. So, outer world takes place in space. Essentially, you're this space kind of like alien civilization whose planet is or a solar system is dying. And you're trying to work out why uh, and trying to stop it. Essentially, and there's just a lot of you investigate all kind of planets throughout these throughout this solar system, and you're trying to find clues. And with each time loop, uh, you'll probably, you'll find more and more clues until you piece basically this puzzle together. 
So I think that's a really inventive way, another really inventive way of doing time loop. It's very interesting to see uh, then, again, another time loop game, which is using the kind of like a detective or investigative kind of like mechanic alongside the time loop. Yeah, yeah, no, um, I did just check it out. Uh, the Forgotten City, uh, which I do really want to play, is was originally modded from Skyrim, but then it eventually became its own title, essentially. And it's the fact that you have to... the the premise that you it explores the existential relationship between humanity and its laws it begins with a protagonist uh waking up rescued floating down the, uh, the tiber river in italy and basically he's falling into this like realm supposedly i this is why i've been told by other people and they've like sort of like frozen in time in the roman era and basically if anyone commits a sin uh the they all turn to gold and the, the day resets essentially so that's what I've been told. So it might be different, but the idea, and then you have to figure out who who performed the sin essentially during this time to break it. And I found this really cool, to be honest. And it's something I definitely want to try. And it's actually on Switch now. So I actually might buy it for Switch at some point. It does look interesting. Um, I think I saw a few trailers when it was first in production. Um, very intriguing, uh, for sure. I haven't got around to playing it yet, but it is on the list of things to do for sure. I think um, get other game wise like Returnal because I I've I've been one of those lucky people to get the PS Five, which is awesome. I thought I got to the end of that game, like I was like, oh thank fuck, I finally done it. Jesus goddamn Christ! It turns out I was halfway through, and I was I was like, what the fuck? Luckily, it does start you off from the midpoint then, so you don't have to you don't die and go back to the beginning, but. I, I I thought that game was brilliant. Um, I thought the mechanics was awesome. It was it's stupidly fast paced, and it is it has like a um the levels move around. So every time you go into the level, it's not this it's not the same as the previous version. So it, you do have to adapt to which version's coming in. So you have to try and memorize the sections as they like connect to each other, which I thought was pretty fun. So yeah, I definitely uh, think Returnal is pretty awesome. I think Fergus, you were talking about well, quite an interesting time loop game um, to me earlier. Uh, was it Steinsgate? Yes. Uh, as I mentioned in the introduction, I've uh, been playing the Steinsgate visual novel um, this week, which is um, uh, so uh, launched in two thousand and nine. It's a, a anime uh, type story about essentially time travel. Um, I think there are time loops involved, but it's more generally about time travel than having like time loop mechanics. Um, at, the, at this point, I'm only there's probably going to be spoilers, so but I'm only halfway through chapter two at the moment. Uh, but essentially, what's happened so far is there is this student um, is attending like lectures on time travel uh, in a like a world where time travel hasn't been invented no one knows what time travel is uh and he accidentally time travels to a different um timeline where people are all basically the same still have no idea what time travel is you know have the same relationship with him and stuff but everything's slightly different so he's got slightly different memories to everyone else and he's you know they're thinking he's nuts but he's actually traveled in time like it's a, it's very it's very interesting um it's definitely building up for something a lot more you know everyone's secretly a time traveler or something of that magnitude but i would recommend it 
Um, there's an anime as well, which is probably less of a time sink, to be honest. But it is good. It is good for sure. I would recommend it. Oh, awesome. So that was our discussion on time loops and narratives. So for today, we're going to be talking about the influx of time loops in narratives. Haha. I've got a few other things to um, bring up. They're not, again, not strictly time loops, but um, if we're going, so return by death is a mechanic that often uh, crops up in sort of uh, manga anime. Uh, So instead of replaying the same 24 hours, uh, if and when you die, you return to the same date at the same age you were in the same state you were on that date. Most notably, currently still airing uh, ReZero, which I'm sure a lot of you will have seen at least part of. Uh, But the general concept with ReZero is uh, a guy gets isekai'd, uh, basically dies and is reborn in a sort of Dungeons and Dragons type world. Um, But uh, when he dies, which is, you know, quite a lot, he'll return to you know, when he first woke up in the world. I mean, there are, the, this, the, there are additional save points throughout the series. So he'll he'll wake up at different places, but he'll have to, for like three episodes at a time, he'll have to go over the same territory again and again and basically work out how not to die and save everyone, um, which is very interesting. Again, an, uh, another major spoiler probably, but this is quite an old series, so... If you know about it, you'll know. Um, but so another show that is worth watching and that is sort of a bit return by death time loop um, is Higurashi When They Cry. Um, so set in a small Japanese town in the mid 80s, who uh, follow the this group of kids uh, in the build up to like the town's sort of festival. Um, but any time they die, you get reset, and um, this is—it's very—it's yeah, a mystery show, so it's up to you to work out what's actually going on here. But it is—it is quite something. It is very much horror and psychological horror, so uh, also warning on that front. But it's well worth your time for sure. Is there any other? Um... Are any other time loops which anybody wants uh, wants to discuss? I mean, you did write a new list, James, but I thought the Edge of Tomorrow yeah. movie was really good, or Live Die Repeat. I call it Edge of Tomorrow. It, like... I, I, I think people have said that they don't like that title, which is crazy. I, I I think the Edge of Tomorrow is a great title. I don't know if that's a controversial opinion, but I really like the title. No, no, I definitely agree. And I'm there is like the whole thing of like they are doing the sequel, but it is like a prequel at the same time. So they said that, yeah, sequel, prequel, which is going to be interesting. And it, it'd be nice to see where they go with that, because I, I I loved the visual aesthetic of the movie. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Now it's based on a manga, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yes, I believe it was based on Japanese manga, yeah. Breaking news just come in, though, if we uh, dive out. So we've, I yeah. think we've finished the time loop narrative now. But uh, breaking news that's just come out, I've just seen on one of the, uh, the old Discord groups I'm on. Uh, so it seems that Futurama is coming no. back. I, mean, I, 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 love, I love Futurama, and I've, and I've just rewatched, pretty much rewatched it last year. But the final episode they did for Futurama, I thought was the most fantastic way to end the show. So that's the only reason why I, I wouldn't necessarily be for that. Unless you're saying it's as a feature film. 
So uh, the series, which aired its first five seasons of Fox, will come back on Hulu. Production started this month for a 2023 release. It stars Billy West as Fry again, Kate, Kate Siegel, Siegel, Siegel as Leela. But it seems that uh, John DiMaggio is the only one not confirmed as uh, not returning. He's finalising a deal, but it's not been confirmed yet. But it seems like most of the original voice cast and that's is coming TV back for TV series. It. I mean, I'll definitely yes. want to watch it because Future Home is great. But they ended it. I, I just felt they ended it so well, which is why I just, I, just, I, I like stuff to, if I've ended the show really well, I like stuff, no, you leave it. If you end the show well, you leave it. Although Future Home did have so many different endings because it went to so many different networks over its time, but... Really love the ending that which they um had. Oh my fucking god! So I'm just I'm just re- just reading through my stuff now. So do you remember people how we discussed earlier that the news of Tom Holland would love to make a Jack and Daxter mm. movie? The director for the upcoming Uncharted film has has come out and revealed that I am actually working on a Jack and Daxter a version of that for PlayStation, which I think would be really cool to bring to life. Ruben Fleischer is actually looking at that now, and I'm like, really. That okay. sounds coordinated. This is gonna be, <laughs> yeah. That's that's that is weird to say the least, to be honest. But yeah, no, that's uh, that is going to be very interesting indeed. But I guess that is it, people. It is a shorter episode this week. It seems we've uh, we've ended our time loop and we are coming to the end of the show now. That was a terrible segue, but watch I don't the care. show again in the spirit of time loops. <laughs> yes keep 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 rewatching the show get, get those numbers up and uh yeah but yes people so next week we are actually going to be diving into um the uncharted movie uh some of us will be going to see that next week before the show uh so we will be getting a nice movie review of that and maybe a bonus episode of that actually so we actually have like nice 20 minute 30 minute discussion on that film because i think that film definitely needs it because it's had a troubled development cycle. It's gone through so many iterations and so many directors. And I'd, it, it would be nice to get a perspective from people who've played all of the games, played some of the games, and played none of the games to see how they go from there. I'd be really interested to see how that goes. But to tie into that, next week's episode, we will be delving into dream video game adaptations for movies or TV series and what we'd like to see. I've definitely got a couple in mind, so it'll be, um, be really interesting there. Uh, but yes, people, and uh, we, yes, we will have the Uncharted movie review, but we'll also have a slightly more in-depth discussion of Dying Light 2 and Sifu. I'll, I don't know if I'll be the only one playing that, so I don't know if James will be playing that possibly, but if not, no, it'll be just be me next week, people. So uh, hopefully I'll be able to get past the first boss, well, to the, past the second boss. I have defeated the first boss, but I did die seven, eight times. So I aged from 20 to my 60s in the first boss, which was ridiculous. And I did start playing that at like 10 o'clock at night. That was probably the worst decision. But yes, people, thank you so much for joining us this week in an interesting topic, to be honest. It's definitely something different to what we've usually done. And we're definitely going to be getting into that as we're going through, you know, we're going to be trying to more do more different IPs as we go through, not IP, sorry, new, we're going to try and do more different, you know, topics, more theories and Try and, you know, get more conversational topics going. And maybe, maybe you out there might be able to want to get involved in that also by sending that in. And by sending, by doing that, you can contact us by going at to nmipodcast.outlook.com. So for any questions or queries, or topics or suggestions, please contact us at, at nmipodcast.outlook.com or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at nmicast. Now, as you've seen, we've actually got on our YouTube channel now, nmi when you need more info that's nmi when you need more info so subscribe to us there uh we're starting to actually get our 
animated versions together in there. So you start seeing our lovely animated selves pop up there. And each week, yeah, the, the seats will change, people. The seats will change. And eventually, those pixel versions of us will be talking. They will be talking. So it will be absolutely amazing to have. But yes, it's been lovely to see you all today, people. I hope you have a lovely week and a lovely weekend. And I hope you all stay safe out there. I have been your host, Nate. Thank you to my guest host today, James and Fergus. Hope you've had a lovely time today. Have a lovely day, people, and I will speak to you soon. Stay safe, everyone. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. And now we're going to start to talk about the influx of Tom Loops and Nurses. Mm-hmm.